Welcome to the Hidden History Happy Hour podcast with Alex Dean and Brian Cunningham. Here we have a drink, have a laugh, and you just might learn something about our favorite stories from history. Please visit our website at hiddenhistoryhappyhour.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. Cheers. Hello and good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time you're listening uh, to this. I'm on my own today, as if you're watching a video, you can see. Uh, this is Alex Dean and Brian Cunningham is not with us today, but he'll be back soon. Uh, please help me out and click subscribe, hit the like button. It really does help us. Um, so please uh, give that some thought. I am having a beer, as is uh, my want of an evening in the UK. And in the spirit of heavy beer drinking, I'm going to tell a couple of stories about Australian politics. Story number one, after the Australian federal election in 1972, the results in some seats were uncertain, but it was clear that the Labour Party had beaten the coalition of the Liberals and the Nationals and would form government. Because of those undeclared seats that I mentioned, there was a lack of clarity about who would be available to Gough Whitlam, the new prime minister, to make ministers. And there was this internal party process required for electing a Labour cabinet, for which you didn't have the candidates yet confirmed. But Whitlam was a man in a hurry. Uh, he and his party had an extensive reform program called the plan, or the pro, excuse me, the program uh, that he wanted to get on with. So Whitlam had himself and his deputy leader, Lance Barnard, sworn in to all of the roles in cabinet. So for the first two weeks of the new Whitlam government, the duumvirate, the ministry of two, enacted as much change as they could by executive decision as it was possible to enact without actually passing legislation. Getting the cabinet together wasn't too tricky, I suppose. And lest people think this is just a gimmick without any real impact, amongst other things, those two men together withdrew Australia's troops from Vietnam and recognised communist China in that fortnight. It was pretty consequential. In fact, in hindsight, it's possible that those two weeks represented the kind of high watermark of consequentiality of Whitlam's short premiership. He, after all, lost the, the next election and Aussie uh, elections come around faster than the imposition of rail replacement bus services in the UK. But anyway, back to the duumvirate. Formally speaking, Gough Whitlam was Prime Minister, Treasurer or Chancellor, Attorney General, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Customs and Excise, Trade and Industry, Shipping and Transport, Education and Science, Civil Aviation, <laughs> Housing, Works, External Territories, Environment, Aborigines and the Arts. And on the other hand, his relatively lightly burdened deputy was Deputy Prime Minister, Postmaster General and Minister for Defence, Supply, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Labour and National Service, Social Services, Immigration, the Interior, Primary Industry, Repatriation, Health and National Development. That is the smallest government in any Westminster system anywhere in history. Uh, when the certification of the election results was finally done in every seat, uh, the Labour Party's Parliamentary Caucus elected a full 27-person ministry a fortnight later. And the newly appointed Minister for Services and Property, Fred Daly, declared, I wouldn't care if he'd made me Canberra dog catcher as long as I'm in. 
And I think that's a sentiment that some people might recognize in politics even today. That is the clean part of today's episode. Here is the less clean part, which I cannot resist telling about Gough Whitlam. Not least because in my, um, in my first history uh, book, Lessons from History, to my surprise somewhat, in a sedate book of historical anecdotes, a set of scurrilous scatological quotes from LBJ uh, proved to be amongst the most popular chapters. Uh, and perhaps less surprisingly, um, Australian politics yields a yet richer vein of rudeness. So here are a few from Gough Whitlam, the Prime Minister I was just talking about. And if you are listening to this with your child, perhaps turn it off uh, and listen to it on your own. Uh, Whitlam's triumvirate wasn't just a matter of convenience, he seemed to have preferred it. Here is my evidence for that. When his full cabinet was finally appointed in December 1972, it was the first Labour government since Chifley's in 1949, and he opened the first Labour cabinet for over 20 years thus. None of you cunts matter. <laughs> I mean, talk about get up on the just letting people know where they are from, from the word go, right? Uh, uh, it's just ex extraordinary. Uh, it, same cabinet, same prime minister, effort to co cut costs, demonstrate empathy with the working man and woman. Whitlam proposed to revoke the policy that members of parliament would fly first class, which is a privilege extended to them, not just during their terms, by the way, but for life. And his cabinet, predictably, revolted. There's nothing like a bit of personal interest to get you going, right? And Gough Whitlam's response, full cabinet table, I fly economy class, and I am a great man. I could fly economy class for the rest of my life, and I'd still be a great man. But most of the people around this table are pissants, and they could fly first class for the rest of their lives, and they'd still be pissants. It's a wonder, isn't it? He didn't have a long, a long period of leadership in his party. Uh, probably my favourite, uh, a guy called Winston Turnbull. No relation, uh, greatly to his credit, of course, to the later uh, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull in uh, Australia. He was an MP over 25 years. He was an enlisted man in the Second World War, captured in Singapore, prisoner at Changi. Um, brave guy. Anyway. Winston Turnbull was a long-standing opponent of uh, Whitlam's and a champion of rural issues. And the floor of the, uh, the Commons, uh, the House of Representatives, excuse me, he said, I am a country member. Whitlam interjected, I remember. I think that's about enough. <laughs> I am a country member. <laughs> I think that's about enough for today. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this short episode of the Hidden History Happy Hour. Please uh, hit like, click subscribe, and uh, I'll see you next time, which I promise will be a much cleaner episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Hidden History Happy Hour podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for topics, you can find us on Twitter or on our website, hiddenhistoryhappyhour.com. We look forward to joining you next time. Much gratitude to our multi-talented production team, of Jeremy Corr, Kate Cruz, and Grace Keller, and to our visionary executive producer, Ivan Williams. And thanks also to our art designer, David Wardle, without whom this podcast would be, well, history. Cheers.